welcome back to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm a professionally certified ADHD coach with over 10 years experience. And my passion each and every day is looking for ADHD friendly tools and resources that bring more ease into my life. So I'm getting more done more easily. And I bring them here and share them with you in the hopes they do the same in your life. Today, I'm going to be sharing a success tied to my public library. And then I have an ADHD friendly tool. Um, they're dry erase paddles. So I'm gonna show you what they are and how I use them. And then my main topic for today is supporting your future self. So I'm gonna dive into why that's so difficult with ADHD and some strategies to do it with more ease. And then of course, as I always do at the end, I will recap and share what's coming up in the next episode of ADHD Friendly. So as I always do, I'm starting with a celebration. Today, I'm celebrating my library. I've shared recently how joining my library's book club has helped me to meet a couple of goals that I have for 2023, um, both to read more. It's definitely working in that area. And it's also helping me to be more social. But I have another celebration. They offered a program virtually um, last week that I signed up for because it was a topic that I had a lot of interest in learning about. And that is how to raise, how to grow vegetables in a raised garden. I have been trying to do that for, I've been in my house now for four growing seasons and I have not yet successfully grown a vegetable. <laughs> Um, I, I just don't have a green thumb. I love the idea of growing plants and, um, apparently I'm still open to the idea of doing it. I just wanted to maybe get a little bit more insights into how to do it and succeed. And the part that interested me was it was being offered by, um, professional, um, oh gosh, now I forget what they're called. I want to say like green masters. No, they're, um, I can't think of the term. It'll it'll flash up on the screen. I'll have my assistant add it later. Um, but it it had master growers, master gardeners, something like that um, from my area. And because I moved across the country a few years ago, I now live in the Chicago area. I moved here from North Carolina. I really didn't know like what I'm doing wrong and and if there's something I could do if I knew how to do it more easily. That's what I was looking for. So I attended, and I now have really specific step-by-step -step instructions. I know what to plant. I know when to plant it. My library actually gave me seeds to plant of these vegetables that will grow in my area. So now I know, you know, exactly what types of raised beds work, what kind of um, soil to use in the raised beds, when to plant them, when it's too early and they might die. And I just feel like I'm more likely to succeed. Now I'll still have the challenge I have every year and that's keeping up with the watering. For me, that's the hardest part. It's very sparkly to get things in the ground. It's very hard to continue to maintain a watering schedule, but they are going to be planted in sight. So I will see them whenever I'm outside. And I'm hoping that that will be enough to pull me into keeping up with the watering. But I know I will, if I'm getting some results, what typically happens is they just don't grow. And I'm hoping that that's gonna change now. So I just wanted to celebrate that 
getting more information is making it easier for me to continue trying, even though I've had so many um, failed attempts, I'm still open to learning more about what can work better for me in the future. And my local library gave that um, information to me. So I just want to give a shout out to my local library. I love libraries so much. Okay. Transferring now to our ADHD-friendly tool for this episode, and that is dry erase paddles. So um, I absolutely love these. These came in a pack of four. Um, I bought them years ago on Amazon, and I just love, I would keep them handy if I'm doing something with a client, and it would help me to write something on a paddle that we're working. I do it a lot with students, but I do it with adults too. But my examples here are mostly going to be with um, how I use it in my own life. and. I have um, a couple of kiddos who were impacted by ADHD and I used to use them to help, you know, kind of, we, we'd agree just, you know, without other people around what might work to support them. And there were times where I was working with them on developing some social skills and some building some um, metacognition, some awareness of, you know, when they're interrupting or when they're um, not aware that they're kind of like, you know, going on with their story longer than I can hold my focus and, or maybe asking a number of questions where I would have like one more question or something written on there. I could hold it up as just like a little prompt while they were talking. So I wasn't cutting them off, but I was giving them a little way to start building their awareness to something that they were trying to build more awareness around. And again, this was not in front of other people. So it was certainly not ever something that would embarrass them or shut them down. It was something we would talk about in advance and and agree if it was something that they wanted to try to see if it helped them to learn that skill with a little bit more ease. Since I'm talking about my main topic for today being um, supporting your future self, I just wanted to share how I use it to support my future self. And sometimes if I have a goal and in the moment, I do not feel like doing the step that's going to bring me closer to my goal, which happens a lot, unfortunately, um, I can just use it as a tool. And my example here is I ask, you know, how is my future, how's future Patty going to feel about this? And so I literally took a picture of myself smiling and I write on here, future Patty. So again, if you're listening to this podcast, I invite you to check out my YouTube channel, ADHD friendly, where you can see any visuals that I reference in this episode. And, um, this is episode 76. I don't think I said that at the top of the episode. So this is future Patty. So this is what I want. And then I ask myself, you know, is not doing this you know, how will future Patty feel about it? And so then I have a picture of me kind of like stressed, like eh, not gonna, not gonna be a, a good place for future Patty to arrive in if this isn't done. So again, it's a fun way. It makes me laugh. Um, I always like to bring humor into any strategy I'm doing with myself or I'm using with clients as much as possible if that works for them, because humor just kind of lightens it up and it levels the playing field a little bit more easily. So I'm not taking myself or, you know, the situation too seriously. If we can lighten it up, if it's appropriate, I always love to look for ways to do that. And these little dry erase paddles are a fun way to kind of build into my strategies and put it in my toolbox. So I just want to share that tool in case it's something that creates some sparkle and interest for you. All right. So that leads us into our talk, our topic for today. And that is how to support your future self. So I first heard the term future self when I was in my ADHD coach training program. And what I 
pulled over the years is a couple of cultural references from TV shows that I just love. And the first is a Seinfeld reference. Seinfeld is one of my absolute favorite TV shows of all time. I just love Jerry Seinfeld's um, sense of humor and the way he comes at material and just, you know, kind of pulls everyday examples and just shines a light on them that, that just always makes me laugh. And so he, I'm referring to this as morning guy hates night guy. And I'm just going to quote um, a little bit here from the show. So this is Jerry talking and he says, night guy wants to stay up late, but what about getting up after five hours of five hours of sleep? Oh, that's morning guy's problem. That's not my problem. I'm night guy. I stay up as late as I want. So you get up in the morning and you're exhausted and groggy. Oh, now you're hating night guy. See, night guy always screws morning guy. There's nothing morning guy can do about it. The only thing morning guy can do is try and oversleep often enough so that day guy loses his job and night guy has no more money to go out anymore and stay up late. This just cracked me up because it's literally thinking in a very small amount of time what your future self is going to be experiencing. This comes up a lot with us when we have ADHD. So we might have a hard time shutting our brain down at night and transitioning into sleep, but our morning person, our future morning self is going to pay the price for that. If we aren't able to, you know, kind of get off devices or stop watching the next episode of the Netflix show that we're binging. And I just thought this again, highlighted it in a way, way back before future self was a term. And then the other reference that I'm going to highlight here is from the office. And I call this future Dwight. I just love this example. So in the episode um, that I'm referencing, Jim has gone to a different office and he says that before he left, he took a box of Dwight stationery. And so from time to time, I send Dwight faxes from himself, from the future. And I just love the example of the facts that Dwight received from future Dwight. And the, the facts reads, Dwight, today at 8 a.m., someone poisons the coffee. Do not drink the coffee. More instructions will follow. Cordially, future Dwight. Love this. This just cracks me up so much. But I love the idea of sending messages to your future self. I do this a lot in my calendar. I put notes in future appointments or for future events, including, I think I've shared in the past how for like, if we go to church on Christmas Eve, what's the process that gets me into like the parking lot at the time I need to be there to make sure that I can park with these and we can find a seat with these, all of those things that can create stress and, and really get in the way of me um, wanting to do it. So I capture those details. Same thing when um, I go to different um, like apple picking in the fall and I just take notes each year and it's in a repeat calendar event that reminds me where we went and how it went, if I liked it, things I loved, things I didn't like. So my future self remembers and is able to make decisions more easily. So when you think about your future self, what that is in a nutshell is you, but in the future, that's literally like the most in a nutshell definition there is. It's just you, but in the future and how far into the future you can see yourself is impacted by ADHD. So I really want to highlight, this is challenging for us. It's challenging for everybody whether or not ADHD is in the picture, everybody has difficulty seeing their future self and supporting their future self. But this is more impacted more when you have ADHD. So Ari Tuckman says that good time management boils down to this, 
effectively using the present moment to bring about a better future. That's the challenge, right? Therein lies the rub. It's making decisions today, right now in this moment, that will positively impact your future self. So I read an article in the Harvard Business Review called Take Ownership of Your Future Self, and it was written by Benjamin Hardy. And in the article, he quoted Dr. Daniel Gilbert as saying, we tend to think that the person we are today is the person we will always be. And then he continued saying that humans are works in progress and they mistakenly think that they're finished. I love that concept of thinking of us as a work in progress instead of, and I know this comes up, I would say even more so when we have ADHD brain wiring, we tend to connect to all the things that we've struggled to do and all of the perceived failures, if you will, as evidence that nothing's going to change. I'm always going to struggle. This is always going to be this way. And it's why I really highlight the importance of having a success journal. Now I talk about this in episode 34, and I really um, go into details about how I personally think it's essential to have a visual success journal. Um, if, especially if you're, you have a, a strong visual sense, um, having pictures instead of words to process can really help to connect to the successes with more ease. And so I just wanted to share an example from mine. And I've shared in the past how I started a mini yoga habit back in October of 2021. My goal was to do just five minutes of yoga, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays each week. And I could take off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that was my, my goal. And I just started tracking it. And I'm holding up a picture here just to show all the monthly calendars where I tracked it. And again, this borrowed back from my Seinfeld reference of um, not breaking the chain. What I love about having captured this is it helped me to see patterns. It helped me to notice I was developing better balance. I was more flexible. I had a stronger core. I was able to do more push-ups. Like there were things that I literally could see I wasn't able to do before, but I now can do. So I can literally see that progress from my past self to my present self and even project further into my future self, what I'll be able to do if I continue with this practice. And that's really key when we think about supporting our future self is how do we start picturing that future self? And how do we measure our progress so that we can see the steps are building towards reaching that future vision of ourselves? Um, the quote that I wanna share here is measure the change, not the gap. I'm not like a super flexible person, but I am certainly more flexible than I was before I started my yoga practice. So it's, you know, if I wanted to focus on, I can't do a split. Well, I've never been able to do a split in my entire life. I've not been able to do a split. That's not a realistic place to measure my progress from, but I definitely am more flexible. And I see and feel that every week when I'm doing my yoga routine. Um, so how would you keep your your progress in view is going to be an important thing to keep in mind as I talk about some strategies to support your future self. So Dr. Ryan Nemec uh, via character strength um, work has an activity to get to know your future self. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with Ryan Nemec, I encourage you to check out uh, viacharacter.org, which has a free little uh, little assessment on there you can take to see what your top character strengths are. It's, it's something I use every day in my own life and I use with all of my clients. Um, 
but this is his process for um, actively getting to know your future self. So step one, he says to select a time in your future and imagine that at that time you are expressing your best possible self strongly. And he says you can use your know, six months, a year or five years as your future self that you're envisioning. I want to dial that down into like what's possible for you. If that feels too difficult to stretch your brain that far, maybe you're seeing your future self tonight or your future self tomorrow, um, your future self a week from now. Stretch to what you're able to do so you can practice building this muscle of envisioning your future self. Step two, imagine the details. So he says, don't think of unrealistic fantasies, but of things that are positive and attainable within reason. So even if I use my tonight example, maybe I want to envision something that's possible for me tonight, not, you know, that, okay, you know, there's going to be a band playing outside my house celebrating that I did this or something unrealistic. So in my one day example, I want to share, I did this um, for my book club meeting this week. It was a week ago and I didn't read the book. I tried to read the book, but I didn't read it. And it's the first time since I joined this book club that I did not finish reading the book. And I was really having a hard time motivating myself to go. It's always a challenge to get myself to go, even though I enjoy it. It requires me to exert some social energy. And that isn't always easy for me to do. Not having read the book was even more uncomfortable because I knew I wouldn't have anything to add to the conversation. And that felt uncomfortable. So he says, step three is when you have a fairly clear image, write down the details. So I really envisioned what it would look like if it went well at the book club meeting. And I thought about what, what I looked like, what it felt like, how I reached that experience. And so I literally wrote down the details and step four, he says, is to write about the character strengths that you observed in your future self and which ones will make it possible for your future self to be a reality. So when I took my book club meeting success vision, I wrote down the things that I wanted to be able to share more easily. Cause I also know in the moment, my discomfort would get in the way of me remembering any details. So I have to have a written list. So I just wrote down some bullet points. I wrote down, I didn't read the book, but I wrote down that I did try it. I got to chapter three and I just didn't like it. And I knew I wasn't going to like it because it was like a, a real like sci-fi dystopian kind of book that just didn't resonate with me. Um, I saw myself getting to the book club early because I knew if I arrived right as they were starting or even a minute or two late, that would be a problem. I can sometimes get stuck by the train going to my local library, which if it's a freight train can literally take three to five minutes and throw me off my intention of being early. So I left even earlier. I did get stopped by the train, but I had the time. It was, it was okay. Um, I decided to be honest about not reading it instead of trying to pretend or not speak up, which was a really good vision that I created because there were only four other people at this meeting. There's usually 20. So I think I wasn't alone in not liking this book that helped too, but going in knowing I was going to own up to not having read it was a great thing that I envisioned and supported myself to do because I think I, um, I just felt so much more comfortable when there was only a few people and it, was, it wasn't going to be possible to just kind of sit back and be quiet. It was going to be obvious if I was like not sharing. And then I focused on my social goal. So I've been, you know, kind of for 23, having a goal of two social outings a month. And I knew if I went, I could count it as a social outing. And I really didn't want to break my streak. So 
I thought about how that would help me. I saw myself like checking it off on my 23 and 23 list and how good that would feel. I envisioned all of that. And then when I thought about it in terms of my character strengths, I knew that I, honesty is one of my top strengths. So I knew that by being honest, it was going to feel like I was in integrity and it was going to help me. I knew it was going to require bravery because I'm showing up in a social setting that, that automatically creates more stress for me. I didn't read the book, which I knew would be harder, but I know I could have that bravery pulled up to use it if I use my other character strengths. Judgment is a strength of mine. And I was able to, you know, kind of jot down some notes about what I didn't like about the book and how I could discern that it just wasn't going to be a book that I was going to be able to power through. It wasn't going to serve me. I'd much rather read something that I enjoy than try to push myself to read something I wasn't enjoying. And that felt really good. And then my love of learning, it, you know, helps me to, to really notice what is it about certain books that I like and that resonate me and what is about other books that I don't like. And it might even help me to, you know, even more easily in the future, let go of my expectation of reading something that I'm just not very interested in. So it went even better than I envisioned, which I didn't think was possible because I thought I envisioned a pretty positive um, future self when I did this exercise. But because there was only four other people attending and then there was the librarian and myself, so six total, it ended up being like a real nice social connection. And I even was able to bring my humor into it, which I didn't expect would happen. And I made a connection with another um, person that was attending the meeting, which I didn't expect. And, you know, she actually told me that I made her laugh a few times, which just felt really good. So um, I just loved the, the exercise and how it helped me to envision that future self. And I just wanted to highlight this example because sometimes we can feel really overwhelmed trying to picture a future self that it's just too far in the future because our, our time management executive function skill is impacted with ADHD. So stretch as far as you can. It could be a six-month vision or a three-month vision, but if that's too far, stretch out in a way that works for you so you can practice the skill and build up that muscle of supporting your future self. Um, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Russell Barkley highlights that ADHD is mainly a disorder of performance rather than knowledge and skills. So it's not that we don't know what to do. We know what to do, but we're still not doing it. So I want you to, to really consider here when you think about supporting your future self, how you keep that future self in, in mind. So when you create that vision and you jot down the details, what do you need to stay connected to that? Because when we do this exercise, my experience is we're really connected to our future self in that moment. But if we don't have a way to reconnect to it, later in the day or the next day, or especially if it's not for a few weeks or months, we need a way to reconnect to it. So whether it's a vision board that you create with you know, pictures or words that connect you back to that vision, maybe if you can draw, you sketch yourself as you see yourself as that future self, so that when you're, right, you're, you're, you're striving to reach that destination. Um, it might be, for me, I like to kind of calendar it. So I love like semester calendars, um, to you know, kind of break down, like, these are the steps that will need to happen for me to reach that goal in three or four months. And then I can literally just kind of block it out in the calendar where I can see them coming up and check them off and, and see them as those steps towards reaching my goal. But I really do want to encourage you to think about what will you need to do to be able to reconnect to your future self so that you're not losing the thread and you can keep growing towards that vision that you created. All right. So that's it for this episode. I started at the top with a celebration to my related to my library. My library was kind of throughout this episode um, where I really 
love the social and book um, benefits I'm getting from it where I'm reading more and I'm socializing more. But then I also found a program that was online that they did with my um, master gardeners. I think that's it. <laughs> um, locally, where they were able to give me some tips for growing a raised vegetable garden. And they even gave me the, the seeds. I went into the library and they told me where they were on the, the virtual program. And I was able to go pick up seeds that I'm now able to plant and grow. I'm sure I'll be updating you more on that in the future. And then I shared my ADHD friendly tool to use um, whiteboard paddles to support future Patty to have more of this and less of this. I'm just showing my happy face compared to my stressed face. And then I went through how to support our future self, which is remember just us, but in the future and how to capture the vision that we have of our future self so that we can reconnect to it and stay along that path of reaching that vision that we're creating of our future self. Next time on ADHD Friendly, I'm going to be talking about how to start an ADHD friendly daily planning habit. I have talked about daily planning. I've talked about weekly planning, but I'm going to really focus into drilling down how to start a habit of planning your day. That's it for this episode of ADHD Friendly. If you haven't started your ADHD Friendly Owner's Manual yet, I invite you to check out my website, ADHDfriendly.com for tons of resources to get you started. And as always, if you haven't yet subscribed to ADHD Friendly um, on YouTube, I invite you to do that. We're up to 312, 312. Rocking and rolling, keep going on. Until next time, tally ho.